Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It is so great to be back with you in person. I hope that you guys have enjoyed, those of you who were able to be at at the movies throughout July. If you were here, could we just say another round of applause of thank you to all of our teams that pulled that off this last month? That was incredible. It was so fun. And God changed lives once again. It was an awesome year. Um, We love Sundays around here at Brazos Fellowship. As a matter of fact, Sundays accomplish a whole lot for us. A lot of people are touched, and a lot of the, the gospel goes out from this place. It's incredible. But there are a couple of things that Sunday morning cannot accomplish for us. And one of those is for you to be able to find and foster really close relationships. That's hard to do in one hour on a Sunday. Um, or to be able to really live out and sort of have as the uh, laboratory, if you will, of learning how to live out your faith and life together. Together. Those two things happen best in our small groups, our small group ministry. And I cannot even begin to express to you how many powerful testimonies we have heard from people who have said, the small group ministry at this church has changed my life. It has been so powerful. But we cannot provide the small group with, for all the people who would like to be in a small group without small group leaders. I think you see where I'm going with this, okay? Um, but we understand also, for those of you who are like, ah, maybe I could be a small group leader, I, there's a little bit of intimidation and awkwardness with that first step. That is why we want to provide and have provided training and support for you for those who are willing to say, I will try it. I would love to learn how to be a small group leader. It's it's something you could use throughout your entire life knowing how to do this. There's two requirements that we ask of every person that would be interested. First, that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And secondly, that you would be willing to love people. All right? Those are really important. Now, if you've got those two, we can really train you and teach you everything else you need to know. Um, And the training is going to come up in two weeks. We're going to be doing our next small group leader training. And we would love for you guys to consider being a part of that training coming up in a couple of weeks. And in that training, we're going to show you how to get a group started, how to maintain it, how to grow it, how to lead it. I mean, all the things you're going to need to know and provide support all along the way. So here's what we need right now. And I'd love for you guys just to pray about maybe God wants you to answer this prayer that we have, that we need 10 couples that would be willing to lead couples groups. We need 10 women that would be willing to lead women's groups. We need at least three men that would be willing to lead men's groups. This is what we need right now just to provide for those who would like to be in small groups going into the fall semester. And I just want to encourage you right now, if you would, get out your phone. If you think you might be interested, I want you to scan this QR code. It will pop up a link to 
uh, small group leader application. I'd like you just to fill it out. It doesn't commit you that you're for sure gonna do it. It's just you're thinking about it. You'd like to get more information. I'd like you to scan that, or if you don't wanna scan the QR code, or if you're not sure how to do a QR code, just ask your neighbor. There's a lot of people in this room who know how to do QR codes. But if you're not familiar with that, or you could just go to our website, brazosfellowship.com, and look at the little clickable um, rectangle there that just says lead a group and it'll take you to the same place. So I just encourage you to take this step today and a member of our group staff will get in touch with you and walk you through the process and answer your questions. Okay, we start a brand new series today entitled, What If Jesus Was Serious? Now in this new series, we're gonna be challenged to really take seriously what did Jesus teach and what did he model throughout his ministry and his time on this earth. This is so important. Why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about it? We are talking about this because following Jesus has never been easy. If you're familiar at all with any of church history, Christian, the history of Christianity, you know it's been a lot of martyrdom. There's been a lot of people that have sacrificed their lives in many different ways to be followers of Jesus Christ. And today, many people believe that it is becoming increasingly more difficult to be a Christ-following Christian person in our Western culture because it is becoming increasingly more what is being called post-Christian. Post-Christian. What do they mean by that? What they mean by that is that there are fewer people who are identifying as Christian. There are fewer people who are attending church. The fastest growing religious group in the United States right now are what are called the nuns, which are those who have no religious affiliation at all. And in addition to this, fewer people see the Bible as a moral and spiritual um, a book of wisdom for daily living. And with all of that said, now that, that um, feels overwhelming, doesn't it? It feels overwhelming, but with knowing all of that, it's important for us to face the most brutal facts of our current reality. This is the world and the culture and the North America in which we all find ourselves right now. And this is really important because even some of you here sitting in this room and watching this online, you may say, Will, if I'm really honest, that kind of describes me right now. And I just want to say to you, we are so glad you are here. We're so thankful you're tuning in. We're so glad you're a part of this place. As a matter of fact, when we designed and we prayed about and and put this church together with God's help, it was every environment we thought about you. Not only about you, but we thought about you. And we wanted this place to make sense to people who are not churchy people that don't know the rules of church and don't know all the religious lingo and like how do they get on the first rungs of the ladder and start to get started spiritually. We wanted to think about them because we believe that is the heart of Jesus for those folks. So if you're here and you're listening to this, please know we're so glad you, you are welcome, and we want you to be a part of this journey with us as you seek to find more out about the Lord, and hopefully you will find him in that journey. But in this cultural shift that's happening in North America, many Christians have found themselves in one of two approaches, or one of two camps. In one camp, the um, Christians are sort of taking the posture as victims to the culture, that we are being, we're being marginalized, therefore we're going to 
position ourselves into political platoons in order to fight this culture war. It is very much us against them. <clears throat> and the mission statement of those folks in that camp is, we're going to take back the land for Jesus. And what is sort of indoctrinated or a part of that movement is that the reason we're being marginalized by culture is because we've taken Jesus too seriously. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, another approach that many Christians have taken, especially over the last several years since COVID and pandemic, etc., um, is a position of swinging the pendulum out and saying, listen, we just need to all relax. Hold our faith more loosely. Let cultural and popular values take the place of biblical ones. And if we do that, we'll gain so much more acceptance within the culture. But here's the problem with both of these approaches. Both of these approaches make us less and less like Jesus. And here's the question I want you to think about with me as we go forward. What if, what if we had it backwards? <clears throat> what if the greatest underlying issue facing the church today in North America isn't that we've taken Jesus too seriously, but that we haven't taken him seriously enough? Maybe the reason for much of the cultural criticism of people outside the church, of, of Christians inside the church, isn't because we have obeyed Jesus, it's because we've ignored him and we've replaced what we think Jesus said with, with what is culturally acceptable within a Christian culture. And we need to get back to what did Jesus actually teach and what did he actually say and are we actually doing it. And my hope and prayer for you as we go through this series over the next several weeks is that you and I, I'm doing this with you, we're going to do some soul searching to ask some tough questions to say, in light of the most brutal facts of our current reality, am I, Will Lewis, are you taking Jesus seriously? Are you, are you really listening to what he said and putting it into practice in your life? Are you implementing it? Because, and this may, may or may not apply to you, what is happening in our country is there is a ma massive movement of hypocrisy that has happened in our country. And, and you maybe read some, something along this line. And Dr. Michael Horton in his book, Beyond Culture uh, Wars, this is an older book, but this has been written many, many times. Evangelical Christians are as likely to embrace lifestyles every bit as hedonistic, materialistic, self-centered, and sexually immoral as the world in general. Now, if you've been a Christian for any significant length of time, that's not news to you. You've heard that before. And that is not an opinion. That is based on actual polled research in our country. And so it kind of helps us to understand, okay, when the culture begins to criticize Christianity and the church for being um, hypocrites, right? That's not just an opinion. That's statistically a fact. And it might not be a fact about you, but it is a reality that we have to own as Americans, that that's happening in our country. And we've got to begin to ask the question, what are we going to do about this? Dr. George Barna, who is the head of the Barna Group, who is a pollster researcher and has been doing this for decades and decades, written over 50 books, 
and is a professor at, uh, you know, I think it's Arizona University, uh, a Christian University. He has uh, published this idea, I think this is so powerful based on his research. He says, American Christianity has largely failed since the middle of the 20th century because, because Jesus' modern day disciples do not act like Jesus. Whoa. He said, those are the facts. That's part of the reason why people are turning away from the church. They're turning away from the faith. It, it forces us, right, to ask some tough questions like, where have we gone wrong? And maybe a more helpful question than this is, how do we correct this? How do we fix this? Where do we go from here? And I want to submit to you today one of the greatest things that we could do at this moment in time right here at Brazos Fellowship in the Brazos Valley to say, hey, we want to be a part of the solution, not continue to be a part of the problem. What we could do is go back to Jesus' original assignment to all of his followers that he says, while I am going to ascend to heaven and before I return, here's what I want you to be doing. I want you to be following this commission that I'm going to give to you. Now, he, this is recorded for us several places in the New Testament. I want us to take a look at Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 18. And it goes from 18 to verse 20, the Great Commission, as it's called. I want us to take a look closely at this together today and reflect on what this means for us going forward. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, I want you to read the highlighted words with me. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, this is after his death, burial, resurrection. He's resurrected from the dead. Multiple eyewitness appearances by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And now he's getting ready to ascend back to heaven. Some of his last words to his disciples, you would imagine if you were to pick your last words, they would be important words, right? Jesus' last words were important words. And he's first saying, before I say anything to you, you need to understand, because I just resurrected from the dead, I just conquered death and hell, and I'm offering life back to the entire world, all nations, my Father has given me authority over heaven and earth. All authority. And what is he going to do now that he has all this authority that God has bestowed on him? Verse 19, here's the next thing that comes out of his mouth. Therefore, go and, let's say it together, go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to, and he's saying this to his disciples, but that same authority gets handed down to you and I. It has not lost any of its power or any of its authority. It is handed down to you and I right here, right now, today. Jesus is saying, this is important. I want you to be about making disciples, sharing the good news, the gospel, that people can be forgiven of sin, they can know God, they can be his child, they can walk with him, know him, be a part of his kingdom right here, right now. Not wait till heaven, now. Eternal life starts here, starts now. This is good news, really good news. We forget this. And he says, and I want you to not only share the good news, but help them to begin that journey of following me, of following what I taught. This is what a disciple does, and this is what disciple-making looks like. <clears throat> and he's called us, all of us, to do this, that as we go, 
as we go through this life that we're looking for opportunities to share the good news with other people. If you call yourself a Christ follower, if Jesus is your Lord, he's saying this is what you're to do. You're to invite other people along on the journey. Invite them to church. Invite them to small group. Invite them um, to, to hear your testimony. Invite them to be a part of your faith. And it's going to take courage. I get it. And there's apprehension sometimes to say, I don't know how people are going to take that. But he's going to show us that he's going to help us. He's going to walk with us through all of this. It's powerful. And he's saying, listen, I want you never to forget that when I died, I died for all people, all nations, everybody. The psalmist tells us that the whole earth is the Lord's. He created it all. He loves it all. He loves all people. And he wants us to share that message with other people. Now, you may say, well, Will, I'm not really an evangelist. I, may, I get it. You may, in the formal sense, you don't really have, you don't feel like you have that gift to, to be an evangelizer. That's okay. You still have gifts. The Spirit of God has given you gifts that you can be a part of helping guide people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. You can do something. We can all do something. Which, by the way, that's our mission statement here at Brazos Fellowship, to guide people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Our mission statement is is inseparably linked to the Great Commission. He tells us, I want you to do this. I want you to take this so serious and not to give it away to someone else. Whether it's next door or in another country, I want you to help make disciples wherever you go in this life. He goes on to say this, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here again, Jesus, I want you to notice that the word name is singular. This is Jesus reiterating once again that God is triune. He is one God and three persons. He is This is the name of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is made up of three persons. He's one God, three persons. But he's saying, listen, a part of the discipleship process is to be baptized, to be baptized um, as a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, next Sunday, August 14th, is our next Baptism Sunday. I know Sean already shared a little bit about that. But let me just say this to you right now. If you've never been baptized as a believer, I want to encourage you to sign up. You can scan that QR code. You can let us know. We'd love to help you to be able to make that step next week. But let me just talk for just a second about how powerful and important that symbol of baptism is. It is being immersed into water and raised up. It symbolizes dying to sin and being raised to walk in a new way of life with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus laid down his life and died for our sins and was resurrected to give back to us life, conquering death and hell, making him the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And now, baptism is just a way of saying, I submit to God as my leader. I surrender to his way of life. I'm going to do God's life God's way, not Will's way or your way. I'm going to put God first. And it also shows that we're not afraid to identify with the people of God. This is important. And this is what baptism does. The waters are not magical. There's nothing uh, magical about that. It just is a powerful 
act of obedience that honors God and it is one of the first basic steps of discipleship, of getting started. It's being willing to say, I'm gonna go public with my faith. I encourage you to do that if you've not done that. That's next weekend. He says to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then verse 20, he says this. He says, and, let's say it together, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is Jesus' way of clearly saying, take everything I said seriously. You can't lead other people places that you're not willing to go yourself, right? You can't lead your children. You can't expect them to take Jesus seriously if you're not willing to. You can't expect your friends or your coworkers or other people we get so outraged and upset and frustrated with other people. But we haven't taken a close look at ourselves first. Before you go trying to help the speck out of your brother or neighbor's eye, right? Jesus said, take a good look in the mirror at the log and your own. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is so important. Jesus is saying, this is a part of this assignment. This, I'm commissioning you as my people to go out and live this way and to do this and make a difference in the world. It's so powerful when we get serious about this. And I love how Jesus ends the, this great commission with a promise. He promises you don't have to go this alone. This isn't you, you against the world this is you and me against the world. And have you ever heard this before? God plus anyone always equals a majority. If God's on your side, what do we need to fear? Who could be against us? What does it matter that anyone is against us? The Apostle Paul would say, God is on our side. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you. My Holy Spirit will empower you. I will help you. I will give you the courage. You just got to step up. It doesn't mean you won't have fear and, and trepidation sometimes, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you to take those steps. This is so important. So over the next several weeks in this series, we're going to take a look at Jesus' longest and most famous sermon he ever preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It was a sermon he preached actually on the hillsides outside of Capernaum, which was kind of where his home base was for his ministry during his ministry years. It was where um, Peter's hometown was. He met a lot of the disciples around. There was a fi fishing village. But Jesus on those hillsides outside of Capernaum, he teaches to these virgin ears of people who had never heard this before, how do we live in the present and active kingdom of God right now? Like, you don't wait till heaven. Jesus taught the kingdom of heaven has come. It is now. It is right here, right now. And I want you to know it is still just as current and re relevant to us today. And some of you who heard the series before we did at the movies, it was all on the kingdom. Like, why? What is the kingdom? And why it's relevant to us today? This dovetails beautifully into that. Now we're going to talk about what does it look like for you to be a citizen of the kingdom, to really live it out, to take it seriously. It's so powerful when we begin to do that. And this is, and Jesus ends this whole sermon. Uh, again, I'm giving you a little preview here. He ends the whole sermon by saying, if you go put this stuff into practice, this is the end of Matthew 7. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is this whole sermon, these three chapters. He says, if you do this, you will be given, it's a promise from God, you will be given faith. 
that can stand up against anything and everything. You will be so strong. Nothing in the universe can stop you because God is with you. And you will know that. And you will, you will stop being afraid of this world. And there will be a courage and a love that is fearless. Not to fight with people, but to love them in a way that they have never been loved before. Powerful. The way Jesus did. He didn't go pick fights. If he picked fights with anybody, it was with religious people because they were being so judgmental and horrible to everybody else. And, and what's interesting is that statistically, again, going back to a recent research poll, one-third of non-Christians say they would be interested if Christianity had a better reputation. Now, some of you who are not Christians, maybe you haven't been out of church for a long time and you've never wanted to amen in church before, you read that and go, amen, right? Because you're like, yeah, if some of the Christians I knew would take Jesus more seriously, I'd be more seriously interested in Jesus. And here's the irony that what Jesus teaches throughout the Sermon on the Mount, throughout his ministry and throughout his life is what our culture today hungers and thirsts for that kind of integrity and kindness and compassion and love that you just can't find anymore. They long for it. They're looking for something real. I'm telling you, for those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ today, this is our way forward. If we're willing to take what Jesus said seriously, it will revitalize evangelism in this country and all over the world. It will bring people that would never have considered it otherwise faith in the Lord. They will be open to it. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot expect anyone to take Jesus seriously if we're not willing to go first. We can't expect our kids or our spouse or our coworkers or our boss or anybody that's outside of faith or maybe just a nominal Christian that's not really growing, somebody who's not really living it, and we want to judge them. Maybe we ought to start living the real life in front of them. And Jesus says, let your good deeds be seen before people so that they might see like that light shining forth. They will see that light and they will praise your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. And where does that light come from? Jesus gives us this beautiful promise over in John chapter 8 verse 12 where Jesus says, I am, let's say it together, I am the light of the world. Let's say this phrase together. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is Jesus' promise to us. Whoever follows me takes my word seriously and puts it into practice. It's a game changer. It is so powerful. And I want to encourage you over these next several weeks, even starting right here this morning, today, that you would be willing to say, God, help me to take you more seriously than I ever have before. The parts of my faith that I've been sort of pushing, marginalizing, pushing away, saying, I'll do this, but I'm not doing that. I'm not going to take that seriously. I'm not going to really, I mean, when it's convenient, I'll make time for you, God, but I'm not really making time for you daily. I'm not really praying very often. I'm not really seeking you very often. I'm not really living for you very often. 
but maybe it's time where you feel the Spirit of God saying, today's the day and now is the time to start taking me more seriously. You've wondered why you have felt held back, maybe spiritually. Why am I not growing? Why, what, what is holding me back? Maybe it's this. You just haven't taken him seriously. And starting next week, we're going to start working our way through this incredible sermon. Starting with chapter 5 of Matthew, verse by verse, we're going to take a look at what did he actually say and how are we to live that out today? So powerful. And what you're going to see next week, right off the bat, is Jesus will show us that if God is serious, that nobody, and I mean nobody, is beyond God's blessing. Nobody is. And Jesus was the first one to ever say that. And we're going to take a look at that together. But here's the application prayer for us today. I want us to begin right here, simply saying, Jesus, I commit to take you seriously. And I can't expect others to take you seriously if I'm not willing to go first. Would you be the one in your family, your friendship circle, to say, I'm going first? It'd be easy to keep your arms crossed and say, I'm going to wait for her. I'm going to wait for him. I'm not doing it if they don't do it. But you say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to play that game anymore. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want whatever you have for my life. I don't want to squander this one and only life that I've been given. It's too short. It goes by too quick. My gosh, doesn't it? Man, I, I just, every birthday that comes by, I'm like, is it already here again? Christmas is coming, man. Is it weird how fast this life just whips by? I'm going to be a grandpa in a couple of months. I can't even believe it. That doesn't even seem possible. That's crazy. I know. Well, thank you, Jesus. But I'm just telling you, it's, all of our lives are like that. It's just going, going. Let's make the most of this moment right now. God, help me to take you seriously. Let's do that together. Starting today and over these upcoming weeks, I believe God's got something really special for your life and for mine too as we go down this journey of really examining what Jesus taught and letting it change us from the inside out. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.